Hi, and welcome back to the Dreamer's Manual podcast. If we haven't met yet, my name is Julie Calcote. I'm an online business manager. This podcast is a way to share things that I'm learning, that I have learned, things that I love, and just a way to support you as you grow and build your online business. Now, this episode especially is meant to wrap you in a big, warm hug and send you lots of love because if you've ever been in a situation where you've had a difficult client or a difficult situation in your business, it can feel so isolating. It can feel really shameful. And I have found that it can knock the most confident business owners sort of off track and really send people into a spiral, sometimes for several months and sometimes for permanently. I just have to say, I feel like if you've been in business long enough, you've had this experience. And this is what I would say to a friend if they reached out to me, as well as what I've had to do myself. And I'm seeing like bad clients in kind of quotation marks because I think very, very very rarely would I consider someone a bad client. I think most of these situations are with two good people who through a series of either miscommunications, stress, mistakes, and maybe a series of unfortunate events finds themselves in this situation. So here are the things that I have done and that what I would advise someone to do if you're in a situation where you have a relationship with a client and it's just gone really south. So first, and this might not surprise you, make sure you're taking care of yourself. That can include scheduling in some self-care, some downtime, some time off, whatever you feel like you need. And listen, self-care For me, like things like bubble baths and face masks, they sound like more work to my brain. It could just be something like enjoying your favorite hobby, going outside for a walk or a run, reading a really good book, just taking care of yourself. I feel like most of my audience is women and most of us are also moms. And that oftentimes comes with its own history of not taking care of yourself or not putting yourself first. So I'm not saying this facetiously or just like because it sounds good at the beginning. I really want you to think about what you need in this moment and help yourself feel better. Now, as someone who is an Enneagram 7 and who hates, quote, yucky emotions, I don't want to feel bad. I don't want to feel stressed. I don't want to feel upset. I don't want to have this pit in my stomach when I'm going to check my email in case, you know, this particular client has emailed me or not. So I get you if you also feel this way. But listen, you cannot ghost people or disappear in communication. If this means that as part of your support, you tag someone in, even if you don't have a team member, if you do, perfect. But if you don't, tag someone in like your business bestie, somebody you know in real life. My mom will always come in clutch (laughs) if I needed her in a situation like this, but you cannot ignore it. It's not going to go away. And chances are it's going to get worse if you completely disengage and ghost people. So this includes like if you've made a mistake, own up to that mistake. And if it's possible and the person allows you, make it right. That could include redoing work, offering a refund, offering a discount, whatever you can do to make the situation right, I think you should try to do that. Now, number three, and this is a little bit of 
post situation. I don't want you to do this like the day of, but I think this is really, really important to schedule in in your calendar and make time for this. Do not write this off because if you want to have less of these types of situations in the future, you need to go over and do some somewhat of a postmortem of what went wrong. And a lot of times what goes wrong is a system thing that can be plugged into what you're already doing to help prevent this type of thing from happening in the future. So first of all, is there something in your discovery process that could be updated? I've said this before, but one of my favorite investments I made in my business was after I had been working with OBM clients for a couple of years, I worked with a really amazing sales coach to go through. She took my StrengthsFinder test and I had the StrengthsFinder results of like my absolute most favorite clients, the ones that I loved working with. And she helped me take that information and put together my discovery call form questions that were important to me that would also be able to reveal things and whether those things were about the client's business or about their work style, whatever it was, it was so helpful to me to have that information to evaluate if the client or potential client and I were a good fit. So is there something in your discovery process, questions that you could ask? Is there more information that could have been gathered that would have prevented this from happening? Was it a personality thing? And you can suss that out. One question on my discovery call form that I really love is I ask people what hobbies they have or something to that effect, like what they do on the weekends or when they're not working. And you get a variety of different responses. Sometimes people will say, I would love to have a hobby, but I don't have time now. Well, that's something I can help with. I can get you that time back if you want to pursue those things and you just aren't able to right now. Some people might say, I don't take time off. I don't have hobbies. Work is my hobby. I love it. I'm all in. I'm obsessed with it. And for me at this time in my life where I'm building a business around the needs of my family and my kids, that's not going to be the ideal client for me. I can think of some great people to refer them to that I know that they would absolutely love. And I don't have any judgment from that. It's just strictly like a working style. Now, the second question to ask yourself in this evaluation of what could be changed or, you know, what could have gone better? Were there red flags that you ignored? And if so, why did you ignore them? If you know, and this could be in the discovery process, this could be like working through when you first started working with them, because ultimately what we want to do is get better at identifying these things and addressing them head on right away. Because the more the relationship goes on, just the more it can go south for everyone. So knowing these things sooner, addressing them sooner is going to be a a skill that you'll build as you build your business. Now, did you have the right boundaries in place is a question I would ask yourself next. This includes outlining what you're going to do in your contract really specifically. If you have a welcome letter or welcome packet, setting up those expectations, hours of communication, days of the week that you're working? How long are you going to take to respond if somebody reaches out to you? Do you take time off in your business and how do you communicate that? When do you need to have things to you in order for them to be done within the time set by the client? 
All those things can be set up ahead of time and should be set up ahead of time. It's just going to make everybody's life a lot easier. I think that in general, online business is such an incredible vehicle and it's been such a blessing in my life. And having, of course, worked both in like a brick and mortar and small business and working online, I feel like the communication needs to be so much more clear, consistent, predictable, and just elevated because you don't have that face-to-face or that time to correct those assumptions or fill in those gaps. Now, as you're thinking about what could have gone better, is there something in your systems that could be improved? Did your client want more or less communication? I feel like the default for me is always I want to provide more communication, especially in the beginning when you're first building the relationship with a client. As an online business manager, I feel like it's a very intimate role to have in somebody's business and it's vulnerable. People are sharing the behind the scenes with you. A lot of times those behind the scenes don't look like what we all expect to see on like an Instagram perfect feed, you know, the back end might be messy. There might be a lot of things falling through the cracks, et cetera, et cetera. So when someone takes me into their business, I don't take that lightly and I know they're being vulnerable and they're offering me trust and I can help by having really direct, consistent communication with them. So they know, okay, this is what I'm doing. Even when you come in with a 90 day plan, which is what I like to do, I'm still saying, okay, this week, these are the things that I worked on. This is what I knocked out. Here's my timesheet so you can see what I'm working on. I think that transparency is important. And I also want to say briefly, there is no judgment from me when I'm coming into somebody's business. I'm always celebrating and cheering on that People are able to create these businesses from their laptop computers, from their home office, and it just always blows me away, and I want to celebrate that. I personally get really excited, and I think I know other OBMs who do as well when things are quite messy because it's that much more fun to put it together and see it working smoothly and like clockwork. So something else to consider, we're still on systems. Was there an issue with your timeline? Did you have too long of a timeline and people got antsy? Was it too short and just with your workload, you couldn't meet those expectations and then the person was upset because things weren't due, quote, on time? Was there an issue with the quality of your work? Do you need more time? Do you need more templates? Do you need help? Like, is there anything about your projects or your systems that need to be adjusted? I think back to one of my very first OBM clients and I came on with a very small retainer for an OBM client. It was 20 hours a month, which basically covers setting up systems. There's not much outside of that to do anything. And this client had a project she needed help being managed. And because I didn't have a ton of experience, I said, yes, I'll do this under the 20 hour retainer. Well, what happened was this project was massive. Uh, There was a lot of hiccups. (laughs) There was just a lot of things. And managing that took up almost all of that retainer time per month. Like you think about 20 hours a month, that's five hours a week. And when you're talking about delivering sort of a massive system to their client, it required a lot, including meetings, Voxer check-ins, team management, 
And so when it came to the end of our three months and we were obviously meeting and communicating the client and I, the whole time I was sending her my communication, sending her my hours. Um, but then it came to the end and it's like, well, why weren't these things completed? And in retrospect, what I should have done is when I came on and within the first couple of weeks saw the scope of this project management piece, we, I should have initiated a conversation then and said, okay, here is what I'm seeing with this. I'm happy to help with it if I was. And this is how many extra hours it's going to take in order to also complete the agenda of items we set out to do. Or I could help you hire someone to manage it. Like I could have given them options and let them make a choice. And instead, I, through the meetings, through my communication and through my timesheet, sort of assumed they understood that and I shouldn't have assumed. And ultimately, that relationship ended because that client was frustrated that we didn't accomplish those 90-day action items in that first three months, which is a really good learning lesson for me. And... Part of that is just now knowing like how much time things take. And then the other part was setting up and having that really clear, direct communication as soon as I knew it was going to be an issue. So to summarize this point, basically we want to examine what we can control and ideally set up a system so the chances of this happening are lessened. Now we're going to head to a quick break and when we're back, I have four quick tips that I think will help you in dealing with those tough client situations. Future Julie popping in here real quick with an update. If you listen to my episode of Planning 2023, then you know what I'm going to be talking about now. My podcast pitching offer is live. It's ready to go and we love it so much. It is full of templates, including your podcast pitch template, your topic bank template, your Canva one sheet template. There's lots of trainings, including your expert uncovered. So you can figure out what you want to talk about on podcasts and get some really excellent topics going, how to research the best podcast that will benefit you and your business the most to be on, what to do once you actually get a yes to be on a podcast, and also a bunch of bonuses, including how to create your freebie if you don't have one yet, how to create your niche pitch, as I like to call it. There are podcast pitch tracker templates in Trello and ClickUp, a podcast pitching job description in case you want to buy this course and hire somebody to do the pitching for you, and a little training on alternative pitching strategies. So if this sounds like something you might be interested in, you can always click the link in the bio or in the show notes, or you can go to julietraining.com backslash podcast pitching. Now back to the episode. All right, I'm back. And I want to just quickly reflect on if you listen to these prior tips, obviously you have if you're still here, none of these are pointing the finger at the client. And I know, <laughs> I know we can, and we could go through like, oh, sometimes clients do this and sometimes they do that. I believe that if you have the systems that we talked about in place, your contract, your communication, your boundaries, your discovery process, the red flag, you know, detector, that's not, we're not going to sweep things under the rug. I think you can avoid most, if not all of these situations with that. And if you find yourself in a situation where you think this isn't a good fit, this isn't working, you can remedy that really quickly. 
So here are my four quick tips. And number one, I see this a lot with online business managers and maybe less in some other service provider fields. But what will happen with OBM clients is that they'll say, I want to start at this many hours and I want you to be full time in my business. I want to be your only client. For some people, this sounds like a dream. It's like, oh, I don't have to manage the marketing. I don't have to do anything. I just have to show up. It's definitely very closely related to being an employee and having that employee mindset. And my issue with that is I have seen some very, very talented, really amazing service providers completely drop out of the online space because if that If you have one client and that relationship sours, especially if you don't have anything in the pipeline, but even just the hit to your ego and your confidence that that can have, I've seen people completely quit their business and drop out of the online space. And maybe that's not the place where they were going to be the most happy, but also I feel like that could have been prevented if they would have at least considered themselves as one of their clients and schedule in hours and time in your calendar and projects that's going to move you and your business goals forward. Even if that's just filling up your pipeline, establishing a small wait list, building an email list so you can connect to those warm leads when you need to, even if it's like five people on your email list, I really recommend personally, or at least strongly caution against just having one client. Number two, you need to set your boundaries and stick to them. It's easy to write a document and say, these are my office hours. These are when I respond. But sometimes it's harder to stick to those things. I know for me, sometimes I work odd hours. I might say, oh, I have, you know, my kids field trip today. So I'm going to come back after dinner and work on some stuff. I use technology to support me with like schedule send on my email. So it doesn't have to look like I'm responding at 9 p.m. at night. I could schedule that to go out the next morning and nobody's the wiser. I think if we don't hold up our boundaries, why is anybody else going to stick to them either? Number three, more communication is usually better. My goal is to communicate and I tell clients like I'm communicating extra right now in the beginning as we're getting to know each other. If you don't like it, you know, if it's something that doesn't work, we can always lessen the communication. But I want to start out with this really high sort of trust building exercise ultimately. And you can set this up in your project management tool. For my OBM clients, I have a task and I think I have it currently set up to bi-weekly, but the task is a reminder for me to send some proactive communication to my client. Hey, I read this article and I think this is, you know, really relevant to what we're doing in business. Hey, I saw this strategy for launches and I'd love to put it on the agenda to talk about at our next team meeting. You guys get the idea, but you don't have to keep it all in your head. Use your systems to set up your success and to be like that second brain so it can remind you of all those things. And lastly, I want to say we all know like there are people out there that are just really challenged and we oftentimes don't know what's going on in someone's life. They can have a lot of extra stressors. They can have mental health issues that are affecting them or just health in general. They can have issues in their relationships, in their business, money pressures, 
Um, We just don't know. And they're just people who are going to make bad decisions. But most importantly, don't let their story become your story about yourself. Even if in a situation you have made a mistake, then at least you're out there in the arena getting your butt kicked. Because there are people who are so scared of making a mistake, they won't even get off the couch. They won't even try something because they don't want to mess up. If you're messing up, you're moving forward, you're making progress. And if you take the time to do an evaluation, to think about what you could change or what could be done different, and you learn from it, then ultimately it's going to be a positive situation. Again, I know, I really, really know how bad these situations can stink and how it can take sometimes months to sort of recover that confidence and that good feeling about yourself or your business when something like this happens. But ultimately, if you stick it out, this is going to be in your rear view and your business and your future clients are going to be so much better because of it. Now, as always, if this episode touched you or you enjoyed it, feel free to share either in your social media or just send it to a friend who you think would appreciate it. That is the hugest compliment to me and it just means so much. I love this community and the safe space we're building online for business owners to be authentic, vulnerable as they feel like they can be, and just supportive because we're all here to cheer you on. And I just want to celebrate you, how far you've come in where you're headed. So until next time, my friends, cheers to chasing your dreams. 